Welcome to Heavy Networking, the flagship podcast of the Packet Pushers Podcast Network, coming to you weekly since 2010. Network automation anyone can use is the theme of today's podcast. So if you've been fearful because you're a network engineer but not a coder, fear not. There are other network automation approaches that can help you get the needful work done and don't require a computer science degree. With the right tooling, you can add automation to your networking with no coding required. Our sponsor today is Backbox, makers of just such a tool. And joining us from Backbox are Josh Stevens and Perry Greenwood. Josh is the CTO, among other titles, at Backbox, and Perry is the Senior Product Manager. These are two gentlemen who know Backbox very well and are here to talk nerdy with us. We're going to discuss the Backbox approach to network automation, talking through in a practical way how it can help you get things done. And by the way, this is not Backbox's first appearance on our fine podcast network. If you head up to packetpushers.net and use that handy search bar at the top, you can find other discussions we've had with Backbox in recent months. Perry, first question goes to you. We need that elevator pitch, the intro to Backbox. Give us the overview of what you folks do. Thanks, Ethan. Backbox is a network automation platform. We support over 180 vendors out of the box with 2,300 automations that are there when you open the product to do things like backup and restore, OS upgrades, or even compliance checks across your entire network. What is really cool though, is that you can use Backbox for more than just what's there out of the box and building new automations or new capabilities with Backbox is as simple as basically taking the network knowledge you have for your devices and adding in a little bit of Linux knowledge to that. So you can do things like uh, grep, uh, you know, results from that device. Now, the cool thing about Backbox is it's not just a GUI right? You have the GUI up front, you have all that capability, but then you have the API capability to extend that, to connect in with your business systems, et cetera. So Backbox really enables users all the way from the person who says, hey, I just need some automation tooling in order to go from you know, where I am today to automating some basic things, all the way up to users who are like, hey, I want to do all that automation, but now I want to make it available to different people in my organization, say my help desk, for example, mm -hmm. and take that, have a one-click button to do restarts on devices so you're not getting racked out at 2 a.m. to you know go and restart a device that's you know uh, become non-responsive. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to think of network automation as a moving target. So what we thought of as network automation, say, five years ago, which was, you know, Python scripts hand carved to, you know, scrape the CLI, you know, Scrapply was the big thing for a while. And, you know, we would do that. And then since then we've seen other tools come along like Ansible. Uh, we saw SaltStack, a range of others come and go. Um, and now Ansible is fading away to be replaced by Terraform. And what we, what I think customers need to understand, or, you know, as somebody who sort of sits back here with a bigger, you know, 30,000 foot view of all of this is that these automation platforms are something new. If you're thinking in terms of running scripts, think about what happens when you've got 200 scripts or 500 scripts and you're trying to schedule, everybody's collecting the same data. Every script is going out and fetching the configuration data and trying to put it somewhere. You need a central point or a central tool. And we're starting to get to the point where it's not about the scripts anymore. It's about these uh, automation platforms that do uh, that that put all that together for you unify it and scale it up well not only that but you know if if you're building these strips by hand by yourself 
there's a lot of intrinsic knowledge you're going to have to learn about how to speak to each of these devices. That's very specific to that mm. device, that model number, that vendor, that device type, you know, checkpoint firewalls have a quirkiness that's not necessarily persistent on a Palo Alto firewall. And those yeah. devices behave differently than cat OS switches. So I think part of what you're looking for is an automation platform that has that built-in knowledge of how to control and manage all those devices so that you don't have to code that yourself. So Backbox is then bringing a whole bunch of, well, in a sense, there's a toolbox of functions. We talked about 2,300 built-in automations. You can back up a lot of devices. You can restore a lot of devices. I shouldn't have to code that into Python or Ansible. You're doing that for me. Yeah, and you know what I think is really cool here is that um, it's not just about uh, the building of those automations in Python. It's asking yourself, hey, I have five engineers on my team that know Python. What's the best use that I have for these people? Because they're getting pretty expensive now in the market, right? Should I have them down in you know the the dirty uh, config of a network device, or should I have mm-hmm. them out and building tools and connections and leveraging that uh, Python expertise to really drive my business and my IT forward faster, and then turn mm-hmm. over the networking config side of things to a team that doesn't need to know Python and can utilize a platform well, I think it's, like that box. I think it's more complicated than that. What we actually want is you don't get paid to know Python. You get to paid to operate a network or to, des- you know, to deploy a network or, you know, I often describe networking as um, 80% firefighting team sitting in the shed waiting for something to happen, you know, with the fire engines ready to go and roll out. And then all of a sudden you find out what tools you don't have, you know, where's your configuration backup? How do you get, you know, where's my, service contract, where's my, you know, all that sort of stuff. How do I diagnose? How do I validate all that sort of tooling? And really a lot of these automation platforms are around that. They're your fire engines that you pull out when the emergency happens. That's one way to think of it. There's also a proactive section here where you can say, I need to be doing regular operations and maintenance and doing OS upgrades and that sort of thing. But I think um, for me, the main thing here is that when Python fades away, and it really is just a matter of time until Python is replaced with Terraform or some other yet-to-be um, fashionable language that comes down for scripting because whatever reason that I don't understand, um, it's still the platform that's probably going to be able to say, well, here's your Python scripts over here, whether you inherited them from you know, the employee from five years ago or whether you downloaded them from some vendor site and they're still useful to you or maybe using the black box ones, you still need some way to bring them all together so that they're stable and unified. And that's part of what you do, I believe. Yes, part of what you can do with the Backbox network automation platform is manage the different Python scripts that your team has created over time. Mm. But I think the, the more powerful way to look at the platform is that you won't really need those scripts to interact with the network anymore. So instead mm. you'll build strips to interact with the platform itself. So think about Batbot sort of becoming your API gateway into the network itself. Those physical and virtual devices that are sort of legacy devices and then plumb that with your Python code into ServiceNow or whatever ITSM tools you're using and then use the API to drive automations as a part of those workflows. All right. So you're more saying one of the things that I hear people talking about a lot is uh, help desk platforms like ServiceNow 
And what you want is be able to, uh, you know, your help desk person is in service now, hypothetically, and they need to, they've got a call saying branch such and such is down and they want to run a test to validate that, you know, whatever it is. And they should just be able to click on something in, in the help desk platform and off it goes and checks the network and tells them that connectivity is up. Is it the circuit? Is it the device? Is it the SD-WAN? Is it, you know, whatever it might be. That's the sort of thing we're talking about. Yeah, so all that would be built into Badbox. So they would mm. put something within ServiceNow or within their network monitoring platform. Perhaps they're using mm. Paceler or Logic Monitor or SolarWinds or some monitoring mm. tool. And then that would redirect them and forward them into the application to show them not only the current configs, but any recent changes to devices that are adjacent to where that outage is so that you mm. might know where that, that, that issue is and then roll that back. Okay. The other way to think about it is you may get a service now ticket that is uh, not outage related, but change related. Go provision this new customer link on this new router at this yeah. remote site, right? But the key is that when you kick off an automation like that to provision a new new customer, you have to ask yourself, okay, before I provision this device, are those devices compliant? Are their configurations compliant? Are there known CVEs on those edge firewalls that have to be patched before mm -hmm. I can onboard that customer? Or should I maybe onboard them to a different device, which is more compliant? And so what you want is the automation tool to be able to integrate all that different data into the automation workflow. You're then, really getting a, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to just jump on you here because what you're not talking about is programming here. You're actually talking about getting home, my, one of my favorite topics, which is getting home at five o'clock. Right. I want to walk out the door at five o'clock and go home and annoy my wife by being at home. You know, it's, it's an old joke, but, but this is what you're talking about. All of this stuff, you should be spending your day proactively producing tools, chains that automate an upgrade or identify an upgrade and tells the help desk and then says, click here to do the upgrade. And if it fails, it should roll it back and you should get in at, you know, 0800 the next day. And lo and behold, there's a series of tickets there for you saying, we tried to upgrade the fire, this firewall and that switch and these problems happened. Now it's your fault. That's exactly right. Uh, and you, and I want to come back to something you said, earlier. you originally product built this product for managed service providers. So what we're talking about there is operating at scale. That is, um, customers with thousands and thousands of devices spread geographically in often using relatively simple configurations because managed service providers don't do complicated stuff because that's hard to scale. Um, but it's really about operating a very large number of devices. So if I'm an enterprise looking at your product, I can have some level of confidence that this is, it's going to work. It's not like field test needs field testing type stuff. That's correct. We have, 500 customers spread around the world, managing hundreds of thousands of networks. So some of those are very, very large service providers uh, in Europe and here in the U.S., uh, as well as several name brand accounts. You can check them out on the website at backbox.com. But mm. uh, yeah, very solid customer list and a product that's been around and been trusted for many, many years because it's so reliable. And I think that's one of the other problems that people face when they think about homegrown automation scripts and using Python is how reliable are those upgrades going to be? Um, hmm. when, when something goes wrong, you have a critical outage, maybe even a hardware outage or a weather related outage. How confident are you that you'll be able to recover from those failures uh, with one click? 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, well, riding Python is so much fun, really, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it also looks damn fine on the resume at this point in time. I'm not going to blame, you know, I, I, I wouldn't blame anybody who wanted to spend some time in Python, but it's one thing to, you know, do pointless work, how to connect to a device and get rid of its config, and quite another to say in an interview, oh, yes, uh, I was able to develop a custom automation that linked ServiceNow to Backbox, which was able to do this whole workflow, right? I do want to say that, yeah, Python is still, or, you know, pick your programming language. Programming is still a valuable part of the IT stack. But when you're thinking about what you want to do with the resources that you have that can program, right? You know, I can have them integrate my tools. I can have them build automations. I can have them focused on a single tool and how to extend that, right? The real value of your IT tooling is when everything is connected, things are talking to each other, right? Like you said, that ServiceNow connection back to back box, you know, hey, I have a ticket in ServiceNow, you know, that's going to kick off an automation over in Backbox, which is going to report to ServiceNow that, hey, uh, this automation has completed and now ServiceNow marks that ticket is done, right? That whole hmm. process is entirely different in value than the, hey, I got a ticket created in ServiceNow and I created this custom automation over here in Python. So now I know to run this custom automation. Uh, and now I have to go and check off in ServiceNow that this is done. And I think the the value there is, you know, the connection of multiple platforms, the spending your time on the things that really matter when you're doing those programming things about integrating your entire IT environment to drive value. Okay, I want to dive into this concept of letting a platform run work for you. Now, I want to take uh, an everyday use case or something that happens for everybody, which is automated network operating system upgrades, whether it's a firewall or a switch. It's not easy to upgrade one device or one vendor's device, and some of them make it obstreperously difficult. I'm thinking of you know companies like Checkpoint. But how do you upgrade many different devices and many at a different times? And how does Backbox attack the complexity that's inherent in that problem to make it reliable and stable? I think when you talk about upgrades, you can't just talk about, hey, I'm going to push a file out to a device, hmm. right? You have to have the right preconditions for that upgrade. You have to have some pre-checks in order to validate that, hey, you know, what's my routing table beforehand? Because I'm going to go do an upgrade. And after I do that upgrade, I want to see that, you know, my routing table is the same afterwards. Or, hey, I want to make sure that I have enough room on this device. And we have a couple of customers that are doing this in different ways and leveraging Backbox around upgrades. And I think those stories are really cool. So the first one is just they're using Backbox to do the checks around, am I good to go for the set of work that I have to do tonight? So they use mm -hmm. our IntelliChecks feature and they mm -hmm. go and they check their config, right? On a daily basis or their readiness on a daily basis versus what they need for that next day. And so right. they have created this set of capabilities within Backbox along with, alongside our capabilities. They check it, have it run every morning before their uh, senior network admin gets in, right? Mm -hmm. He gets the email in his inbox with the things that are, you know, not aligned with the standards that they've created. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. So now he gets the, the set of information that he needs every morning in his inbox. He's ready to go for it. Hey, if we have work to do tonight, this mm -hmm. is there. 
This is much more important than it used to be because we're seeing insurance companies say, you need to be validating every config in your network to make sure somebody hasn't come along and configured it as part of, you know, right. There are a whole pile of other issues that are suddenly making this idea of checking your configurations against a template and compliance checking that are making it so much different to what it was five years ago. Five years ago, it was like, who's logging into my routers and changing stuff without my permission. Now it's, you know, it's different. It's security, but it matter. Yeah. Right. Um, Well, for him, it's the, I have, truth before the upgrade i'm going to do an upgrade on a set of devices and then tomorrow i'm going to or afterwards after that upgrade i'm going to have truth after the upgrade so hmm. hey before and after uh everything's good the second customer that we have that i think i come to is one where he had a 13 person team and when it was time to do upgrades they would be sending out a change notification to customers uh that hey we're going to do x devices tonight he had to call in his entire team and they were there at 2 a.m., you know, pushing mm-hmm. files around, you know, getting devices upgraded. And as you can imagine, you know, that's a, a fairly sleep deprived process. It's error prone. There's a lot of risk in that. And you have to resolve it entirely within that change window. When he came to Backbox and started utilizing it for those upgrades, he was able to say, hey, I want to do this upgrade. We're going to do all the vetting during the day for mm-hmm. exactly what's going to run when everyone's awake, everyone's in their most focused prime time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When everyone's most focused, we're going to create these upgrade plans and this automation for it. Then tonight at 2 a.m., this is going to run. And if things go right, I'm just going to get an email in the morning. Those automations are actually tools that you've got built into the platform. I'm not, you know, yeah, dusting absolutely. off my fingers and, and getting my artisanal Python, you know, starting with a brand new text file in my editor and away I go. This is in Backbox using a bunch of prepared scripts, different scripts perhaps from a repository. Yeah, absolutely. So he he was using the, the basic automation from our automation library. We do right. have customers that like to extend those, right? So yeah. they want to do more checks beforehand or afterwards on devices. And that's within the capability, but he was, yeah, he was using the uh, baseline upgrade automation that we have in our automation mm. library and the notifications about, Hey, did everything go right? Did it, or did something go wrong? Uh, and the mm. ability to wake someone up and have them, you know, get up if things go went wrong, mm. really enabled him to do that more quickly and more efficiently. I mean, inherent in all of this is that all the basic competencies are also solved here. There's a backup of the config, before the upgrade, there's a backup of the config after the upgrade. And also the fact that you're doing your prep in prime time, not in down, you know, after hours, you've also got access to, well, support. Maybe the best members of your team are in place. Maybe you uh, choose the uh, the people who've got more time, which is i.e. the ones who don't have kids at home or whatever, to do the to do the upgrades or whatever. And also you can incorporate lessons learned. So if you if you're doing five hundred upgrades of a particular device as you move through the first 10 or 20, you might start to realize there's other checks or there's something that could be improved. And then all of a sudden, the last 480 become much simpler, much quicker. Absolutely. And, you know, for those 13 people who used to have to come in on upgrade nights, you know, two times a month, that's time they got back, uh, you know, with their family. So going to that metric of, can you get home by 5 p.m.? 
How do you deal with the uh, the harder upgrades, though? I mean, a lot of what you're talking about is kind of sort of table stakes, though. But but g- give me a scenario where I've got a chassis with two soup engines, all the line cards need microcode flashes, and all the rest of those miserable sorts of upgrades. Yeah, so I think the most miserable upgrade I can think about is like HA pairs with firewalls, especially mm-hmm. imagine a checkpoint firewall where you have to do a CPU upgrade, you have to then do the... Uh, OS upgrade separately. Um, the files are massive, and you have to manage the switching over of the cluster, primary and secondary. And all of that is built in. But what's cool about the way we built the automations is that it's not all a single glob of automation, right? Because what we found is that some of our customers have, let's say, limited bandwidth to these checkpoint devices in certain areas. Uh, and so they were saying, hey, this is a five gigabyte file that I have to push down. Don't make me do that during the maintenance window. I have two hours and that's going to take an hour and 30 minutes to just push that file. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. help me break this up. And so we broke it up into, hey, first thing we're going to do is make sure there's enough space. Push that file down. You can do that outside the the maintenance window. You know, mm-hmm. Then we're going to do that CPU upgrade to make sure that we're up to date there. And then uh, we're going to do the OS upgrade, right? So all of those things can be chained together or they can be broken up to different time slots within your day. Beyond just breaking up the automations, we also do the switching of the cluster members. So you have cluster member one, which is your primary. You don't want to update that first. You want to update your secondary first. Once it's up to date, everything's good to go. The routing table is verified. You know The right checks have been done before and after. Now you're going to switch your secondary in for your primary. Then you're going to go and update the new secondary. And then bring With it into regard- sync and make sure it's in HA state. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the other thing that we do really well is we do error messages and handling of issues during that upgrade process, right? And hmm. getting you back to where you were. And the backup and restore functionality that is in Backbox really makes that very simple. So if you have a failure within the process of an upgrade, you're going to get something out of Backbox that says, hey, you know, this failed. First of all, Hmm. it's going to tell you why it failed or where in that process. So you're going to get that feedback from the device. Then you're going to also have the ability to restore via that backup. And it's a one-click restore. So even with like a, a checkpoint device, it requires something like 30 different files put in uh, in the right order to restore that device. We have all of those files, certificates, licenses, you know, that sort of thing, ready to go. So mm. that when you click that automated restore button, you're going back mm. to a known good config or known good state on that device. Okay, so the upgrade process, we would describe it as uh, as robust. Now, you use Checkpoint as an example. You know, I invoked the, uh, you know, a dreaded, you know, chassis switch upgrade uh, with soup engines and so on, which can be simple or not so simple, all depending. Um, I'm assuming that would be a, a similar kind of a scenario. You know how to handle the, the intricacies of, uh, of some of those chassis. Absolutely. So with some of the more complex chassis, we deal with those on a vendor by vendor level. Mm -hmm. So let's say you had a Cisco switch stack, we would handle the switch stack upgrade uh, through an automation, Mm. handling all the the back end of that. I don't have to invent that wheel. 
you've already done it for me and probably proven it with other customers. So I can have a high level of confidence in that code. Speaking of confidence in code, one of the questions I wanted to ask is that you've been doing this for a while, like 10 or 15 years. You're not some startup that started three to five years ago and managed to convince some telcos to buy your product. You've actually been doing this for an extended period. That is that right? Yeah. And that's what you see in the automation library where you have, you know, 2,300 plus automations and then we're growing that mm. pretty substantially on a month by month basis is the, the history of all of that. In fact, you even see it in uh, some of the old devices that we support. For example, we support cat OS devices. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Founded in 2009. So, in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's, that's, that's important, I think, because if you've been around since 2009, you've got, you know, a, a lot of history, even in older devices. So if you're running a brownfield network, you know, and you're wanting to bring this on, you can feel confident that to some extent, you might have a good chance at automating the stuff that probably you can only do manually. You probably can't even do a lot of that stuff these days, even with, you know, scrappily or whatever. It's just not much fun to to talk about automating those. What I also wanted to talk about was vulnerability management and how you drive into that. So these days we're talking a lot about, is my network safe? Is my network secure? Have you got some functionality inside of all these configs and, you know, images and everything to help me with that? Yes, as a matter of fact, we do. We have a product called the Network Vulnerability Manager. And Network Vulnerability Manager, or NVM, integrates with the network automation platform and adds the vulnerability and risk intelligence to the inventory of what's running on those devices. So you're able to understand at a glance not only which firewalls do we have uh, in deployment, what OS are they currently running, Hmm. what is the risk score associated with that OS, what known CVEs uh, are a part of that risk score, and what is the recommended OS level for that uh, that device? So you're, are you doing a scan or you just kind of know based on what, because you have inventory of that device, you kind of know what the uh, vulnerabilities are? Right. We inventory the device first. So we, we were able to pull that from the device. And then we were able to collect data from several uh, vulnerability and risk intelligence databases and munge that together into one one pure data source that we use and evaluate that OS level. We're distinguishing here between what a vulnerability scanning tool does and what you guys are doing. You guys know about the device because it's part of your inventory. And so you can give me what the vulnerabilities right. are because you you happen to know what that device is. You've discovered it. It's not about scanning. It's not you know doing the whole scanning of the whole network. But you can tell me if I'm running version 1.02, it's got these CVEs. And so we need to upgrade to 1.06 to clear those CVEs out. That's right. We're not talking about endpoints, not we're talking about laptops or servers or computers. And we're talking about network infrastructure, firewalls, routers, switches, IDSs, IPSs, yeah. access points. You know, th- these infrastructure devices that are so troublesome and time consuming when it t- comes to distributing updates. Um, you know, it's 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 time consuming. It's it's risky because, as mm. you know, in the event that one of your upgrades doesn't go r- very well, you may cause an instant outage, then you're trying to roll that back. When, when we talked about, you know, automating some of the things that we talked about, that probably sounds pretty basic, like automating an upgrade or automating an, a, a backup. But the key is, can you automate, you know, hundreds of thousands of those transactions without fail over and over and over? 
in yeah. such a way that now you can just trigger it with an API and reliably know that I can both back up and fall back to that backup if I need to in the event an upgrade workflow, for example, failed. Hmm. You said trigger it with and an API, you know, as in I can I can send an API call to Backbox if I choose to trigger something that way to make something happen. Is that what you're getting at? That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Not that I have to do it that way, but I've got that much flexibility and that much customization where Backbox can become a tool in my tool chain. So if I've got a whole series of events that I work with a variety of different tools, I can, uh, well, okay, going back to my scanning discussion, you know, we, we could have a scanner out there that detects that there's a CVE on one of my devices, makes a call out to Backbox, and then triggers an upgrade event? That's exactly we actually, right. We actually have that uh, specific example in our GitHub. So absolutely. Oh. So I got one more one more follow up on this. We're, so we're talking about CVEs. That's one thing. Okay, CVEs are those things baked into the code. There's not much I can do about them. Maybe I can mitigate them a little bit with uh, you know, some configuration stuff, which really is my next question. Um, there's configuration and then there's misconfiguration when it comes to security. There are different frameworks that I might be wanting to make sure my device is compliant with different standards. You Can you tell me that my device is HIPAA compliant or whatever? So today, uh, what we have in product pre-built is number of checks around compliance for uh, CIS, PCI. Um, we have some HIPAA checks, mm -hmm. um, but what we found is that with all of these compliance checks, there is substantial overlap. And so yeah. as we have built out that library and continue to build it out, so we're looking at you know where we're going um, is things like Stig, um, you know, extending that HIPAA compliance type of library, et cetera. Um, but as we build it out, we're finding more and more that we're reusing a lot of the same checks for multiple different compliance pieces, um, which is really cool. But yeah, um, absolutely. You're able to utilize uh, Backbox to do that. It's as simple as pulling those into a, uh, a group and applying it to a set of devices. And those actually are intelligent about which devices uh, they can run on. And so if you have a uh, set of devices, let's say, you know, Cisco 40 uh, Palo, and you want to throw them all into a single workflow and just chuck a set of jobs at them, um, hmm. it'll run the right jobs on the right devices. Yeah, Going back as, to this a, as a... As a freelancing network consultant for a while, you've just done me out of about three months' work in a year. I used to come in and find all the devices, list the versions and the hardware versions in a spreadsheet, and then search for CVEs. Kind of, kind of crushing. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the uh, the the IntelliChecks that you mentioned, and you know, choosing the right one for a device, and so on. When I'm doing these compliance checks. Does that mean you also have a mitigation solution for me? Like, yep, it's out of compliance and I can fix it. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're talking about, and especially for everything we're building now uh, and that we've built within, I would say, the past couple of years, as we build out the check, we build out the remediation for that check. And so things like CIS where they have, hey, do this check. If this check fails, build this specific set of remediation in this way, um, you can check that versus the, the you know, multi-hundred page standards that are there for CIS. So those are absolutely 
capable of being run as a remediation option. You're mm. not required to take our remediation and apply it, but you yeah. are absolutely enabled to do so. Now, do you also have reporting then where it's, let's call it the go away auditor report. It's funny. We actually have a, a customer who leverages, well, we have a, a few customers that leverage us for the go away auditor report. Um, <laughs> they tend to like to keep their go away auditor reports to themselves and then run the go away auditor report only on the things that the auditor says, oh, I need you to prove it for this device, this device, this device, these set of things. Uh, they they tend to say, uh, you know, never give the auditor too much information. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they're they're running those automations on a day by day basis, getting all that information, sending it over mm. to the auditor uh, when required. Mm. That's smart, actually, because that's the way you give auditor, a, you know, 10,000 configs. You've forced them to sit down and read each one, especially if they're being paid by the hour. So you don't give them 10,000 configs, you only give them what they ask for. Another piece of this here that we haven't talked about is in what order do things happen? So if I'm a control freak, because I'm a network engineer and I am, and I want to be able to bless the thing Backbox wants to do before it does it, is there a way I can in inject a human into the workflow? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have uh, approval uh, capability within the workflows. So that, you know, you can actually for an entire user say this user, um, let's say your junior network admin that you really don't want to, want them touching anything without having an approval can create all these tasks, the, all this automation, they can set it up. And when they click run, what's going to really happen is there's a human in the loop type of uh, step where someone else has to say, yep, this is good to go. Let's push this out. Okay. Mm. Another thought here is uh, I, I'm imagining using this as an enterprise user because that's most of the work that I've uh, I've done over the years. I've been on a team of people that are managing this enterprise network, whatever it is. But it strikes me that if I was an MSP, this would be a really interesting tool as well. Is there an MSP, like a multi-tenant capability here? Yes, absolutely. It's uh, fully multi-tenant and MSPs are a big part of our customer base. So. Um... You know, the managing the MSP networks is is a really complex and, and difficult thing to do when you think about how challenging it is to to not only manage one complex enterprise network, but now to context switch from customer to customer and network to network throughout the day. So being able to automate all of that within one multi-tenant system like the Batbox Network Automation Platform is a big part of how these teams are able to keep up and get things done. Yeah. And just yeah. to add to that, we have like some of the largest MSPs in the US and abroad that are backbox customers, you know, massive networks, tens of thousands of devices type of uh, MSPs. And, you know, they use us for everything from just backup and restore to the CIS checks. We When we delivered uh, CIS checks, we had one of our MSPs call us up and say, hey, uh, we're going to create a new service around this. Can you show us this capability? And we're mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, yeah. that's really cool. You know, yeah. we're no yeah. longer talking about saving you money. We're talking about now you have new services that you can leverage Backbox in order to create them mm -hmm. and add mm -hmm. revenue yeah. and profitability. 
practically speaking, it's the only way you can really do it. I worked for a, a small integrator that wanted to get into the MSP side of things. And the answer was, we're going to build a VPN tunnel, throw up an NMS and manage remotely mm. across the VPN tunnel and try to do all the upgrades remotely and all that. And it was a disaster for those of us that were back yeah. in the the knock, also done on a budget because the uh, the owner was <laughs> a little cheap, shall we say. And uh, and trying to do everything by hand like that is just so impractical as an MSP. And you get you just get lost trying to keep up with it all. Make the customer happy. Give them what they're paying for. You you have to have tooling to to automate that for you and to catch things when they go south on you. You can't keep it all straight in your head unless you're like dedicated to that one client. And of course, we never were. You know, as a small integrator, we were scattered across you know fifty different accounts and super busy all the time. We needed we needed better tooling than what we had. Um, so yeah, I, I look at that, uh, what you guys are describing here with Backpack is going, yeah, I could build a product on that. I could, it would facilitate me able, being able to support that customer effectively, whereas doing it all artisanally by hand, which is the thing we've kind of been picking on in this episode, it's just too hard. It just doesn't scale. When your need is to update your devices once or twice per year, doing it artisanally by hand hmm. is not the end of the world. But today, the, the rapid onslaught of CVEs we're seeing from firewall vendors makes that necessary to update these devices monthly, if not more frequently. And I think it's that kind of frequent, regular updates that causes people to say, wait a minute, there's got to be a better way to do this. Yeah, it used to be we were scared to upgrade our, our network devices because, you know, of the potential of impact. What if it doesn't go well? We could have an extended outage and all that stuff. Now it's kind of flipped the other way in my mind where it, geez, I haven't touched that thing in a year and a half. That is not cool. I really got to get that thing upgraded. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah we we hear that a lot. And uh, we actually we had uh, an experience with a, a hospital system where they were contractually obligated to buy a certain amount of networking equipment over time. And they were stuck mm. because they couldn't even get those networking systems that they were installing, those networking pieces that they were installing up to the right OS version that was compliant with their standards. Mm. Um, and so they were able to leverage Backbox to automate those upgrades like you were saying, and mm. just kind of work through the whole upgrade process to make everything compliant. And so I, I think upgrades have gone, you're right from that, hey, you know, we're going to sit back a year and a half, two years, three years behind the most up to date, the bleeding edge. We're going to let everyone else learn about that to, oh, shoot, well, the back end is going to bite us due to CVEs, due to vulnerabilities. So now we have to update those more frequently. Or even if we're installing a new device and it's behind our standard, we have to get that up to standard. Guys, great discussion uh, about Backbox. I have a pretty good idea of what's going on here, but but I got to say, I was digging around on your website before, and although on this show we focused on automating network operating system upgrades, we talked about compliance, uh, looking for CVEs and uh, mitigating them and so on, you guys do more stuff, right, Perry? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we can automate anything that you can do via CLI or API to the device, right? So uh, if you can call it, we can automate it. Um, we can also enable reporting of reporting on things like con config drift um, or any sort of compliance uh, standards that you have that we didn't cover today. Uh, we can automate all of that. So with that said, if you want to go out and kick the tires a little bit, uh, backbox.com slash packet pushers, uh, you can get a 14 day free trial of Backbox uh, just to check it out. Okay, backbox.com slash packet pushers, uh, and then uh, download that free trial. Try it out for yourself. 
And our thanks to you, most excellent human, for listening all the way to the end of this show with Backbox. And thanks to Backbox for sponsoring today's episode. I think most of you that listen to Packet Pushers know this, but our sponsors are how we support ourselves, how we bring you this fine content week after week, all of which is designed for your professional career development. If you do ring up Backbox or run into them at a live event, please let them know that you heard about them on the Packet Pushers Podcast Network. That is another thing that would help us out enormously. Our growing lineup of shows are available to you anywhere that you listen to podcasts or on our subscribe page at packetpushers.net. Don't miss our latest addition to our podcast network, Heavy Wireless with Keith Parsons. Keith is talking Wi-Fi and all things wireless with the best and brightest from the world of networking without wires. Once again, that is Heavy Wireless. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.